Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and every weekday I chat with today's most successful coaches, and we learn their secrets to building a thriving coaching business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast, where inspiration and action come together. Today, I'm speaking with business mindset coach Holly Wharton. Holly is an author, podcaster, and coach for women entrepreneurs. She works with women who are feeling stuck and frustrated with their business because they're struggling to fully step into their highest potential as entrepreneurs. Holly helps them release their fear of visibility, set aligned prices for their products and services, and take easy, inspired action to grow their business. Holly, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Now, before we jump into more about your business, I'd love it if you would tell us just a little bit about who you are and maybe some of the things you like to do when you're not at work. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I love is walking alone in nature. And I like doing just... I live in a small town that's surrounded by like farmland and woods. And I love just wandering around by myself, not only like day walks, but I also like doing long distance trails. So here in England, it's pretty safe. It's safe enough for me to walk on my own. So I've done, did a hundred mile walk a couple years ago. I did an 87 mile walk last year. Um, I love just being alone out on the trail for hours on end. And I love it so much. I usually come home and write a book about it. So I write books about my walking experiences. Um, nice. So that is something I love, both the walking, the nature and the writing about it to share the experience. That's amazing. You know, that's that's interesting. When you started talking, you say walk. I think I would consider that to be like a hike. Yeah, it, it probably is. But it's it's hilly here. It's not very mountainous. So I right. kind of feel like hiking is more like a mountain. But yeah, yeah. I guess if you're walking 100 miles, it's more like a hike. <laughs> Well, that's, I love that. I think the, the longest, and I'll call it a hike because it was the Great Smoky Mountains, but the longest hike I've been on is 62 miles. So you've really got me beat on that one. <laughs> but I love that. Yeah. I absolutely love getting out in nature as well. That's just a, I don't know. It's one of those things that seems like it, it allows you to get reconnected and just clear your mind. And I love that you're writing books about that too. Yeah. It's, it's one of the most important parts of my business, actually, even though I do it for my personal reasons, because it helps me stay connected, clear my mind, relax, and just be ready for business. Well, speaking of business, Everybody loves to be inspired by people's journey. So the first part of our conversation is going to focus on your business journey. Can you tell us how long you've been coaching and what really led you to get into it? Mm. So I started coaching in 2011. And how did I get into it? I had been in business prior um, with a business partner. I had a completely unrelated business that I ran for 10 years and quit that business to do something on my own. And I had no idea what that was. And I'd been living in Latin America for years. And so the concept of coaching, like just didn't really exist there. It was still yet to arrive at that time. And I had just moved to England and I was talking with a friend and I was like, I have no idea what to do with my life. I have all these skills. None of them make sense. I don't know what to do with it, but I know I want to start a new business. And she was like, well, you're always helping people. I don't know, maybe something like mentoring or I don't know. And so I kind of went online and did some research and I discovered this thing called coaching, which I would, you know, had not heard of outside of the sports arena before mm -hmm. because 
it just really didn't exist at that time in Latin America. And that was where I'd been living for 10 years. So I started doing some research, did like a free little two-day thing, realized that I loved the concept of coaching, started getting some coaching myself, found a training program that I loved, got certified, and started setting up my business as a coach. I It was just... It was life-changing for me, not just going through the coaching training on my own and just completely revolutionizing my life, but just the concept of coaching and working with people in that way. I loved it so much. And that it was just, it was like, I found my thing. Bells mm-hmm. were going off, you know, it just all felt right. So it was, it was fantastic year. Fantastic year. I did. It was just life changing for me 2011 when I discovered coaching and did my training. <laughs> well, I love that you sound so excited when you talk about that. And I don't want to bring you down, but I do want to talk about the fact that when we're starting our businesses, a lot of times things aren't just awesome. They don't just go straight uphill. It's a lot of ups and downs. So can you talk to us about maybe a low point that you experienced while you were getting your business started? I can talk to you about many low points when I was getting my <laughs> business started because so I came into this coaching business with 10 years of solid business and marketing experience. So in mm-hmm. my first business, my role was marketing, sales, but mostly online marketing and social media marketing. So I had a really strong background in business and online marketing. You'd mm-hmm. think I had everything I needed to start my coaching business. Right. I was the only person in my coaching program that had previous business experience. So I felt like, you know, I've got all I need. I've got the tools. I'm set. I'm going to hit the ground running. Right. No, that was not the case. So (laughs) that was kind of what formed the foundation of my current business is the struggle. You know, I knew all the right things to do. I knew what to do. I was taking action. I was doing stuff. I, I was doing, 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 but it wasn't working. And I struggled so long to set up my business. And it was so frustrating. And it wasn't until I, you know, I got the business going, but it was just, it was like pushing a boulder uphill. Mm -hmm. Everything was hard. Nothing was really working. I mean, I was getting clients, but it was just so difficult. And it wasn't until about two years later that I discovered the technique that I used to use in my business and that I've moved on from, which is called Psych K, which is kind of like NLP in that it helps you reprogram your beliefs at the subconscious level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started doing the mindset work with myself because I realized my problem was not taking action. I'm an action taker and I knew what to do. It was, I was putting it out there with weird energy because I had so much lack of confidence, lack of self-belief, low self-esteem, just mind crap that was just getting in the way of what I needed to do to run my business. So I was taking action, but A, it wasn't really the right action, and B, it was going out there with just wonky energy. So so I started doing the mindset work and realized how much easier things became once I had the beliefs in place to support me in taking action in my business. So that was what kind of helped me transform my business once again, because it went through so many incarnations during that period, Mm -hmm. um, into what I'm doing today, which is business mindset work, because my biggest struggle, despite knowing what to do in business, was having the belief in myself that I could do it again and set up a coaching business and create you know, a successful business and get clients. 
So I want to go back a little bit and talk about something you just said, which was you you knew what to do. You had the mm-hmm. experience. You were taking action, but you said that you were putting it out there with a wonky energy. Let's <laughs> talk about that. What is it and and how can you recognize it if you're doing it? <laughs> So, and I've done this so many, I can think of so many examples here. So, you know, like I'd have a session with my coach and she would be like, we, okay, so you need to go away and you need to approach, you know, X amount of people to do a joint venture with so you can launch your new online program. And I would go away and I'd be like, oh, but I, I hate asking people for things. I hate asking for favors. I hate asking for help. I hate asking. So it was like, I had all this just, it just felt wrong. You know, like I knew right. that's like a standard business thing. Like I had done it before. I knew I had to do it. I knew, I knew it made sense. It made sense on all the levels, but I just, it felt so wrong. And I had so many limiting beliefs about my ability to make this work that it was like when I wrote the email up to approach these people, you know, all I can say is the energy was just not right. And it, right. like, I, I did what I had to do. I took the action, but there was just something off in it. And it, you know, just didn't work. And there have been so many times when I have sent something out from that wrong place of disbelief, of, you know, discomfort, and it's not worked. But when I've done the mindset work to get my brain on board with what I wanted to do, it just made it so much easier and things flowed. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference then between not wanting to put something out there because it just it feels off or you're just not believing in yourself versus I don't really want to put it out there because it's not my thing mm. and I'm just not interested. Yeah, that is such a fine line. Okay. And I think it's such a fine line of distinction. I think the best way to know the difference between that is to really be in touch with yourself. So like I spoke about at the beginning, you know, connecting with myself through those Mm -hmm. walks, everyone's got their own way to do it. But you need to get to know yourself, you need to be clear on what your inner compass is, your true north, your gut feeling, your intuition, whatever you call it, you need to really be in touch with that so that you know the difference between, oh, I'm just procrastinating, oh, this is not right for me, or yes, it is right for me, but my mindset is not supporting me. Gotcha. So it's there's no checklist to go down <laughs> to oh. figure that out. You you have to be able to get in touch with your with your true self and have a knowing about mm. it. Exactly. And that's something that everyone has access to. It's just you got to do the work to get in touch with yourself, stay in touch with yourself and just stay in alignment. And that takes time and practice. I mean, it's definitely not something that came easy to me. I was very much out of alignment with myself and out of touch with myself. And it's taken me some time to get to the point where I just absolutely know I completely trust my gut, my intuition, my inner compass. So talking about Taking that consistent action and, you know, going through the steps that we need to take to build a business. Can you tell us about a point in your business where you felt like you were starting to gain some momentum and, you know, the clients were coming pretty regularly? Yeah. So as I said, my business went through several different incarnations. So when I first trained as a coach, I, you know, starting out as the life coach to help people find life purpose. Um, that wasn't working. So then 
I went through this period where I was a social media coach. So I was working with small business owners, helping them learn how to use social media in a way that was personal to them Mm -hmm. to help them market their businesses. And then from there, I went back to the business coaching. So at every point or incarnation of my business, I would say that trick was referrals. So it was getting referrals from clients, like just getting one client that loved what I did, loved working with me and referring me to other people. And I can think of how that helped it, all the different phases of my business. Referrals were definitely the key, people recommending me to other people. A lot of times we measure our success in business by setting goals for ourselves and then reaching those goals. So what would you say has been a really big goal that you've reached or just maybe a favorite achievement so far? I would say when I first started writing and releasing my business books. So I've written a series of business mindset books, in addition to the walking books. And I would say that is one of my favorite achievements, partly because I love the process of creating the book. And partly because I love getting the feedback when people tell me how much they've loved the books and how much they've been helped by the books. Um, so yeah, I, I love my books. I love writing and I love getting them out there. The way that you're answering that question, it sounds like that writing is just a part of you that's, it's just a really important part. Are you, are you writing because you really love to write? Are you writing as, um, maybe an, like an additional income stream, an additional way to get people to, to know more about you, to learn about you, and then come back to your business? Talk a little bit about your books. How do they fit into your, your overall business? Well, all of the above and more. <laughs> um, so yes, they, they lead into working with me. Um, but they also allow people to get some help on their own. So if people can't afford to work with me or aren't ready to work with me at this time, or I'm not the right person for them, but they do, you know, like what I'm talking about, they can get a lot out of just going through the books and using the books on their own. If they do want to work with me, it really feeds naturally into working with me. Um, I also love the process of writing a book. Um, I absolutely love writing. I've loved writing for years, for my entire life. And it's a fantastic income stream to have. You know, I get royalty payments every month for my books coming in. And, and that's just lovely to see because mm-hmm. <laughs> I've written them, I put them out there, and then they're just sitting there doing their thing. Right. That's always good. <laughs> You know, before we move on to the part of the podcast that focuses on real action steps that coaches can take to grow their business, I'd like to know a little bit about the future. What are you most excited about creating next in your business? Well, I'm going to have to say more books. (laughs) Um, I've got a whole list of topics that I want to write on, both business mindset books and walking books. And I've just, every time I just pick up my computer and work on a new book, it's just so exciting and fun. And it's such a beautiful adventure and I love it. So yeah, and I'm also looking at updating the business mindset books that I released previously. So I'm going to create second editions of those books as well, kind of updating with comments and, and questions that I've received since they were first released. You know, the way that you talk about those, it sounds like you can whip them out pretty quick. <laughs> I mean, how, yeah. what, what's your process on creating a book? Is it something that you just, you just dive into and you, you don't focus on anything else and you can release those pretty fast? Yep. Okay. That, that's exactly it. So my brain is exceptionally good at hyper focus, uh-huh. like just focusing on one thing. And a couple of years ago, I developed this 
process that I use to write my books that I call the workcation weekend. So once a month, I go to a hotel, go to the same place every time, I bring one project to work on, whether it's, you know, working on a new website, whether it's creating an online program, or whether it's a book, and I just do that one project all day Saturday, all day Sunday. And it's amazing the amount of work that I can do when I focus on just one thing and I don't allow myself to check emails, don't allow myself to check social media. It is just that project. And it's it's incredibly efficient. Wow. That's, uh, I mean, it, it sounds good because you, you know, I was just sitting here thinking to myself, you know, well, what could I get done if all of my daily distractions weren't there? Mm-hmm. And I think that I think you're onto something because <laughs> it's like if I could just go in a little room somewhere and not be bothered and not be pulled, it's like, wow, I could get a whole lot done. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's, it's a really, really efficient and very just life changing process for me. And I've been doing it for almost two years now. Wow. And I've just, I've achieved so much just by making the time and space to focus on one thing. That's really cool. I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to write that one down. I'll have to send you my <laughs> my definitive guide to the workation weekend because I've got a very clear recipe for how I do it. So I give people ideas in Perfect. this PDF thing. So I'll send that to you. <laughs> very cool. I would appreciate it. Now, I want to move the conversation a little bit to what's working right now in business. So one of the things that coaches love to talk about is how to generate revenue, whether it's getting those one-on-one clients, whether it's creating passive income. You know, everybody loves to come up with ideas about ways that they can make a living as a coach. So how are you generating revenue in your business? So I've got two kind of main active revenue streams and one kind of it's on hold right now. So my main revenue stream is one-to-one clients because that's how I love working with people. Mm-hmm. I have, I work with people in a kind of an inter- introductory package of three sessions. I also work with people for a six month period because I love really diving deep and doing the deep work. Um, those are my main income streams because I love, love, love working one-to-one with people. I also have an online program that is kind of on the back burner at the moment. I'm not currently offering it because I want to update it, but I'm just not really jazzed about updating it right now. So <laughs> that's kind of on hold for the future. Um, and my books, my books are my other income stream. You know, the Unstoppable Coach family is made up of new and experienced coaches. But one thing that everybody has in common is they're all looking for ways to grow their business. So what would you say is your favorite strategy for attracting brand new clients? clients into your business? For me, it's meeting people online. Um, I choose to market my business online rather than doing local networking or that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, social media, it's Facebook, it's doing webinars, it's YouTube, it's, you know, all the different online tools that I use to meet people, but my private Facebook group, I love meeting people online and connecting with people online. It's my favorite way to bring in new clients. So all of those things that you just mentioned, how do you how do you structure you know your time? Do you feel like that spreading yourself around and doing just a little bit of everything so you can kind of go wide is is a good strategy? 
Actually, no. Oh. Um, but that's what I'm doing. Well, see, the thing is, when I had my social media business, I had to have a finger in every social media pie. Sure. Because that was what I was teaching. And so I needed to be able to answer people's questions and play around with things. And so I just kind of kept that going. And right. so I'm kind of active on most of the majors. You know, I podcast, I do videos, I do all kinds of things. Um, but what I would always recommend to people was pick one thing that you love, do it, do it well, do it consistently. Once you've got that going and you want to add something else, add something else. But like my general advice to people is not to do a little bit of everything and spread yourself thin, but do something well and consistently. I'm not following that advice right now <laughs> because I got into the habit of doing a little bit of everything when mm -hmm. I had my social media business. So right. kind of kept that up. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people are in that boat where, or for me, it's like I do a couple of things and then I try to just maybe throw posts out on other mm -hmm. stuff, but I don't really, I haven't dug into it to figure out what really works. I'm just sort of being consistent as far as posting. And I feel like I've got one or two, I've kind of got them down, you know, or at least I'm comfortable with them. So once you kind of get to that comfort level, is that when it's a good time to go ahead and try to bring something else in? Would that be a suggestion? Well, I think it's going to be different for everyone. I mean, there's some people who are incredibly efficient about the content that mm -hmm. they produce. So like Denise Stuffield Thomas is a is a, an example that I use all the time because she does videos. She creates these incredible videos that she's gradually over the years upgraded her level of production in videos. But she does a video and then she has someone create a transcript from that video and that goes on the blog post below the video. And then she has someone take the audio from the video and put it on a podcast. So she's just doing the video, but it's also going out as a blog post and a podcast. Mm -hmm. So you got to find what works for you. And if you find this one thing that you love and you've got it going and you've got a system and it's going well for you, you may not need anything else. But if you feel like, oh, I would love to try doing videos or I'd love to try doing a podcast or I'd love to try doing, you know, whatever, give it a try. That little nudge that you're feeling might be the message of kind of your next big thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing then that you are a believer in reusing that content. Yeah. So there's no reason to go and, and create a hundred different things just once you create something, you can then take that and go to different places with it and, and repackage it in different ways. Yeah, and I think that's a really sensible way to do it because everyone has different preferred methods of learning. And your audience's preferred method of learning may not coincide with yours. So I, for example hate videos. Like I do not watch other people's videos because I can't stand videos because you can't scroll through them. You've mm -hmm. got to just sit there and listen to the thing. Right. Um, and I have no patience with that. So I love blog posts because I can scan and read and, and reading is my preferred method of learning. However, I don't get clients from my blog. I get clients from my podcast and from my YouTube videos. So mm -hmm. it's completely different. So you got to kind of figure out what works for you, like what do you enjoy creating, but also what works for your audience and how does your how do your ideal clients and potential clients want to learn from you and connect with you and how do they want to hear from you? Right. So I want to talk about what you just said, because a lot of times I think people seem to they don't really understand the whole idea of your ideal client. How do I figure this person out? How mm. do I know where the heck they are in the first place? And kind of what you said was once you know how your client might consume then you're going to know sort of the way to to reach out to them. So when I'm looking to, to figure out 
how this person consumes things. Are you talking more about after you've been in business a while, you can sort of look back and say, okay, well, that blog post is just the blog posts are getting tons of traffic, but my YouTube videos only get a couple of views. So maybe I need to make sure that I'm really putting the energy into the blog post. Is that sort of what you mean? Yeah, that's pretty much what I mean. Because you've got to, you know, in the beginning, you've got to just put a bunch of stuff out there and see what works. It's like throwing spaghetti out of the wall right. and seeing what sticks. You know, you don't really know when you're first starting out what it is that you're going to enjoy doing, what it is that your audience is going to want. So you just got to do a bunch of stuff and see what works for you and see what you enjoy doing. Right. And hopefully those two things will coincide. Exactly. So at first, just just get some stuff out there. And like you yeah. said, go ahead and repurpose the content, create one thing, spread it around. And then after you've got some time in your business, you can start to look and see what what's getting the eyeballs on it, what's getting the comments, what's gaining traction, and then be sure you put a little more of your energy into that. Yes. And I love what you said about spread it around because one error that I see a lot of people doing is they write a blog post and they just put it up there and they're like, done. I just blogged <laughs> and no one knows about it. Right. You got to spread it around. You've got to share it on Facebook. You got to share it on Instagram. You got to share it on wherever it is that you hang out online. But you've got to take that blog post or that podcast or that video or whatever that piece of content is that you created and you've got to spread it around. You've got to put it in front of eyes. Besides just the, you know, the basic idea that I think a lot of people would think of, okay, well, you know, I'm on all the different social media, I'll post it there. What would be the, the next thing or another thing that somebody could do after they just plop it down on social media? <laughs> keep sharing it, you know, not maybe not share it once, but share it. You oh, know, definitely. Most definitely, because most people are following so many people on social media that it's like their news feed just goes through and they don't they don't see things. Right. And also, as we know, Facebook is not showing you everything that all of your friends and liked pages are doing because that, you know, it's just too much. So yes, definitely share consistently, regularly, but also ask friends to share. So if you've got online business buddies, you know, maybe have an agreement to share each other's stuff or just reach out if you've got one, one particularly important thing and ask people to share it. Um, that can be really useful as well, helping getting help from other people and helping out other people and sharing your stuff. Right. And then I think when you just said that, it's like I had a little something go through my mind and I'm like, okay, this comes right back to what she's teaching people. And that's mindset work, because mm. I immediately thought, eh, who's going to want to share my stuff? You know, mm. I don't know if I want to go ask people exactly. to share this. So there you go. <laughs> You've got to also be able to to get over that little voice in your head that says, no one's going to want to share this. Yeah. Well, you've got to go ask. Yeah. Yeah. Because that is de clearly a limiting belief because you see people sharing stuff all the time online that's not there. So, Right. So knowing what you know now about building up a successful business, if you had to do it all over again, what would you do? What would be your first step? What would be something that you would recommend to someone just getting started that they should do first? Um, reach out, talk to people, connect, whether that's in person, whether that's online, whatever, but just build a network of people, get to know people, talk about what you do, connect, connect, connect with people. Because as a coach, people aren't buying coaching. They're buying you. And if they don't know you or if they've never heard of you, then they can't buy you. So you need to just get out there to as many people as you can. Talk about what you do, connect with people, allow people to get to know you. 
even do, you know, swap sessions in the beginning, uh, free mini session, like whatever it is that you need to do to get out there and get known. So even if you just jump out and say, hey, I'm going to do five free sessions. Yeah. And would you suggest asking for testimonials or asking, do you just give something away and then say, okay, it's going to come back to me? Or do you ask for? Um, I it, it all depends on what works for you and how to do it. But right. I have done it in the past and I've seen people do it and I've been very happy to participate. Say, you know, I've got, you know, X amount of slots on my calendar this week and next week for a free sessions, which, you know, if you enjoyed it, I would like to uh, get a testimonial, um, in exchange for the, the session. I think that's great because it's an energetic exchange. You're giving them your time. They're giving you a testimonial. Right. Yeah. That's a great idea. Holly, this has been so good. I've really learned a lot in the half hour that we've been chatting so far. <laughs> and I'd love to finish up now with our final five rapid fire questions. Perfect. What is one habit or skill that's helped you become unstoppable? Consistently working on my mindset stuff. So becoming aware of the mind crap as it comes up and working on it, like doing the work to clear that stuff. What is one quality that you feel every successful coach needs to develop? I have two. Can I do two? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So one is resilience. You got to be able to stick it out and you got to do what you need to do to stick it out because business does not usually just skyrocket from one day to the next. You've got ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs. But you've got to be consistent. You've got to be resilient. You've got to be able to get through the low points so that you can get to the next high point. That's one. Next, you've got to be proactive. There's a lot of stuff you've got to learn as an entrepreneur. So go out there and learn the stuff you need to learn. Don't sit around and wait for someone to hand it to you on a platter. Be proactive in all aspects of your business. That's super, super important. Give us one book that's had a big impact either on your business or on your life. I'm going to have to go with Denise Duffield Thomas again, Get Rich Lucky Bitch. So in the way that I work with business mindset, she works with money mindset. And she's she's so fantastic in how she talks about money mindset, shares really personal stories of her own, and just helps you kind of dig up the money blocks and the mind stuff. So Get Rich Lucky Bitch, Denise Duffield Thomas. Give us one online resource that you think coaches would love to use in their business and that you couldn't do business without. Acuity scheduling. I love Acuity. Finally, how can the listeners best connect with you? What social platforms are you on and what is your website? Okay, my website is the hub for everything. So it's hollywharton.com and that's H-O-L-L-Y-W-O-R-T-O-N.com. And you've got links to everything there. So like I said, I'm in all the places I probably don't need to be. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I've got a podcast. I do all the stuff. So... Perfect. Well, I will be sure to get all those recommendations and the link onto the show notes page. Holly, this has been such a great conversation. I want to thank you again so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It was so great to speak with you. Thanks for joining us on the Unstoppable Coach podcast. Be sure to head over to the website at unstoppablecoach.co where you can grab the show notes and check out all the resources and the links to the guest website and social sites. And be sure you join us every weekday when I interview another successful coach and we learn their secrets to building an unstoppable coaching business.